0: The world's not as simple as it used to be. It's not enough to be a good guy anymore. We have to be the best. Time has followed. All will be accounted for. Or we will hunt Stand up. It's time to be the heroes we were always meant to be. So yeah, at this point, I think we just have to, we just have to go. This is the Superhuman Registration Podcast. My name is Steven. We've got John and Aldo on the line with me. Fellas, how are you doing tonight? Don't answer that question. We don't have time.
1: But do you care? I read comics.
2: (laughs) As long as you care, I don't need to answer.
0: I I care so much that I don't even need to hear you say it. I can tell how you're doing just from the tone of your voice. (laughs) So... (laughs) We're getting an extremely late start with recording, and so our time is very limited, so I think we should just dive in. Fellas, what do you want to start reading?
1: I'll, I'll tell you all about Spider-Man.
0: Okay, let's start with the Spider-Man.
1: We read Superior Spider-Man, which is a Superior Spider-Man title. It is uh, wonderful. Um, the uh, artist it was Ryan Stegman, and crap, I'm in the wrong issue to tell you the other guy's name. Hold on. <laughs> It's Giuseppe Connacoli. Giuseppe Connacoli. He's good. He's good. It's all good. It's great. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I said I would summarize Superior Spider-Man. We read issues one through five, and it is wonderful. Now, to give you some backstory, what to set this up, in the Ends of the Earth storyline, um, and even before that, in issue 600 of Amazing Spider-Man, which had been going on for 600 issues, we find out that Otto Octavius has a terminal disease, and in, in the ends of the earth storyline, Otto Octavius com- gets the uh, sinister stick, the sinister six together. And he presents the world with a cure for global warming. And also a way to speed up its effect and and roast half the planet. So Spider-Man has to team up with Silver Sable and Black Widow and Captain Britain and Big Hero 6. Because everybody else is fighting other stuff um, with all of this going on. Um, he has to team up and defeat them. Otto Octavius is um, put into a life support suit and ends up scheming his way into switching bodies with... Peter Parker, and the body of Otto Octavius dies, and Peter Parker seemingly dies, and then we get the Superior Spider-Man. Otto Octavius decides he's going to fulfill the mantle of Spider-Man, and that's where we pick up. He is going to be a hero, he made a promise to do it, and he's still a jerk. So, the uh, first issue of Superior Spider-Man, we see him taking on a new version of the Sinister Six. Um, He is uh, fighting them and uh, people are surprised with this new Spider-Man, like he's kind of acting differently. He speaks like a supervillain. At some point, a portion of Peter Parker's soul wakes up and it's kind of the Jiminy Cricket to Otto Octavius. Um, The second issue, he is working on courting Mary Jane. I say courting because Otto Octavius is old. And he has really weird date ideas. And then he realizes, wait, I don't really need to waste more time on this because it's never going to work and it's this will-they-won't-they kind of nonsense and I can just remember all the times that Peter Parker was with Mary Jane, and he tells her, "Sorry, can't do it," and, and just ditches her. So um, gross! So gross! So gross! At this point, Carly Cooper—Cooper's her last name. She's a yes. police detective that Peter Parker had dated until Spider Island, when they broke up, and um, she had a problem with him kind of leading this double life, and um, you know, lying, ad- to, lying him. to him. Yeah, not lying admitting. To her, yeah. yeah, not admitting that he was Spider Man. But she's still, you know, involved because she's a police officer in New York, and he's Spider-Man in New York. Uh, Carly is spending time with MJ, and she kind of suspects something is up with Peter, and we get little hints of that. The next issue, issue three, um, we see the Vulture making a reappearance, Adrian Toomes, and he's recruiting kids to be his Vulture henchmen and giving them prize tokens for games and letting them fly. Um, as long as they you know do little odd jobs and steal stuff from him Um, he um, gets on the good side of j jonah jameson because he's more rough with his uh with these criminals um, including massacre a bad guy who breaks out of a mental institution and starts killing people kills a ton of people at a, a restaurant and goes to the head of the restaurant and says, hey, I'll kill more people wearing your competitor's branding. <laughs> and it's, it's a nightmare. And she's like, okay. You know, he says, for this much money, I'll do it. Um, Spider-Man stops him before he can, but Spider-Man kills him, which is a big departure, and the Avengers decide... Um, you ran ahead of us, bud. Okay, um eventually the Avengers decide to step in it's something <laughs> it's uh <laughs> i think he what does he do sorry now i'm now i'm like issue five i gotta
2: issue five ends with him pointing the gun and shooting uh massacre off, off camera i guess wait really
1: yeah i thought he actually killed him hold up hold up I mean correct me if I'm wrong Stephen
0: uh, that sounds right to me. It either ends there or it ends with Carly Cooper saying a thing, right?
1: Issue um, 5 ends, yes. Okay, so issue 5, he that's he's like, that's the only solution. And then he sends his spider bots, which he has made in an effort to find Massacre. He did the Dark Knight thing where he made little spider bots and used um, his co-worker Uatu's um, face recognition software to find this guy and find other villains that might come in at a little later issue now that i say that but uh they they catch the uh, executive in the act
0: my favorite thing about john summarizing what sure is that is gonna he be tends bad. to summarize like more than what we read so our summary started <laughs> with the like 10 issues prior you
1: got listen <laughs> hey To give this proper context. And sometimes we just read a thing without appreciating the history of the story. There's a lot of lead up to this. And it's really important. And I loved this. I loved everything about it. I loved the art. I loved the writing. I loved the paneling. I loved the coloring. I loved every single thing about it. Love, 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 love. I will talk about this forever. We'll read all of them because it is a very satisfying. Are
0: you going to talk about this or are you going to talk about
1: the prequel? I'm talking about the, hey, 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 hey. (laughs) <laughs> I love all Spider-Man, except for that one that's at the bottom of our list. But all the rest of the Spider-Man. That's a couple, like that's a couple the of them. There's at least three of them.
2: Listen, and, and if Marvel didn't like limit the... me, we would have trouble <laughs> on there. Right down at the bottom. We would have is own. it
1: like that is it that thing about star wars fans that nobody hates star wars more than star wars yeah. fans is it like <laughs> that's why spider-man is at the bottom of our list because nobody yes. hates spider-man people who love spider i love, Superior Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man, Man Spider-Man. spider-man is four four trades of just wonderful stuff and the stuff leading up to it like dan slot's whole run really has been terrific i really like it i think dan
2: slot is kind of the premier spider-man writer That's tough to say.
1: I don't know enough other writers to say that definitively Exactly. I will say he's my favorite (laughs) because (laughs) I will say he's my favorite because I uh enjoy all of his stuff. And um the art that pops up in here is is great and uh he works with Umberto Ramos a lot who I really, really like. (laughs) Um but yeah, this was a great book. Um, really firing on all cylinders. An interesting take on Spider-Man. A way to shake things up and really put him in perspective. I can't remember if it's in this part or a later part where he realizes like Spider-Man has been holding back
2: it's and he's later. a lot
1: more powerful. Okay, well he d- he does meet um, uh, Anna Maria Marconi, who is um, a fellow scientist because he decides he needs to he's all arrogant about having a doctorate and they say slow your roll Peter Parker you are not a doctor and he goes wait wait oh I'm not (laughs) and so he uh yeah, realizes he's not a doctor, so he's going to go back to school. And then that plays in because she kind of becomes his girlfriend. And it's like, oh, we get to see a side of Otto Octavius that's not a, not a whole bad guy, at least for a little bit. So uh, they set things up well, and I just love, love, love this, and I'm going to fight for it to be placed really high. What did you guys think? I'm done talking now. <laughs> you said go <laughs> fast. You said go fast. That did was I fast? I did say
0: go fast. I did say go fast. For that I would say that was appreciably like that was that was relatively fast
1: fast for me man
0: <laughs> good like I, I don't again i've read a, a fair bit of spider-man i don't know that i have uh like a lot of writers that i would pinpoint as oh that's a really good spider-man writer i mean stan lee right
1: oh did he write on spider-man yeah <laughs> he, he
0: had a little a short run like right towards the beginning of the series that that only oh. lasted at least 100 issues
2: oh interesting
0: Actually, i don't remember that i don't remember how long he wrote uh Spider- regardless dan Law is probably my favorite spider-man writer. I I have read enough J. Michael Straczynski to know that it's not Straczynski, and that's not necessarily a a dig at Straczynski for writing some of the comics that are at the bottom of our list. (laughs) Straczynski, I do think, is actually an okay writer. Um, And he's written good Spider-Man stories, I just, we haven't read them for the podcast yet.
1: I think the worst Spider-Man writer is probably Kevin Smith.
0: I think that is... Probably true.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's not just, like, bottom of our list, but objectively bad, like, when looking at everything. (laughs) Like, our list, some stuff is low, but if you compared it to everything, everything, maybe it wouldn't be so low. Uh, yeah. In a vacuum,
2: uh, Kevin Smith's Mm -hmm. Spider-Man is the worst.
0: It's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, so, I don't know, Superior Spider-Man's really interesting to me, because I remember, I haven't read it. This is actually my first time reading anything Superior Spider-Man related. Oh, really? Um, Really, yeah. I read, okay, from the comics, because I read a lot of the press when it first came out. And I read a lot of the reactions, and people were mad about it. And I think that's funny, because it's so clear... And I know there's some twists down the line that kind of call this into doubt. But it is so clear that there's this intention that Peter Parker is going to become Spider-Man again at some point. Yeah, of course. Uh, I don't understand why people would be mad about it.
1: Because people are stupid and short-sighted and in large groups are not to be trusted. And the internet is full of evil trolls and garbage. Because it's comics. Nobody ever is dead except Uncle Ben. But nobody else is ever dead.
0: Right, yeah. And so it's it's like, okay, this is the story that we're going to tell right now. Uh, it's kind of like when when Batman, quote unquote, died and Dick Grayson took over when Grant Morrison was writing. Oh,
2: you yeah. mean when Batman became a, a, a ticking atomic time bomb?
0: Oh gosh, that story is so nuts. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. This <laughs> is not
1: that, hey, uh, you keep Batman out of our Marvel podcast.
0: <laughs> but it's like, that, that story where Batman, like, quote-unquote, dies, ends with a shot on Batman. So you know Batman's coming back, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's the same. So it's like, if you're going to be dealing with a different character for a little bit of time, just play with it, right? What can you do? And this is an interesting take on Spider-Man. Because Peter Parker is objectively kind of bad at his job. Yeah. He just is. And so giving him this weird sort of pseudo foil where, you know, now he's comparing himself to a version of him that is doing stuff better than he does. That's interesting. All right. And so it's like, I want to see where this goes.
1: Well, I'm glad I didn't say too much spoilery because I assumed that you had read it. Being a Spider-Man fan, how can you kill can Sorry. I can't, I can't riff about gatekeeping because I don't have like anything...
0: The weird thing is, I read more Spider-Man as a part of this podcast than I've ever read outside of it. Oh. It's honestly this podcast that's kind of turned me into a Spider-Man fan, because beforehand, yes. yes, like, when it came to Marvel, I was really, like, either X-Men or Captain America or, like, some of the the weird one-off stuff. I, I've mentioned, I think, in the past, having a trade of Captain Britain, <laughs> but, um... I kind of avoided Spider Man for no good reason and now I, I would call myself a fan.
2: Yeah. I think Thanks. I think the dance slot run from like brand new day which I think brand new day is after this, right? Like that's what launches?
0: Brand new day is before this. Before. Brand new day is right after uh one more day. Right, yeah. right, right, right.
2: Brand uh brand new day is I think an excellent jumping on point. If you've ever wanted to like pit is Reed that where probably. he starts
1: working at, is that where he starts working at Horizon? Live? No, no, no. That, that no, that's big, when
2: he's in. Okay. He's working as a high school teacher. That's before he goes oh, to okay. Horizon. Um,
1: that was part of the reboot. Is I
2: think they. I think dancelot got him dating Mary Jane again, and he was a teacher, and like he was kind of bringing him back to his roots a little bit. Um, well, you know i guess but uh but yeah that was that was i think an excellent jump down point and i think ever since then for me for i guess for my money's worth uh dan slot has really breathed a lot of life to the character has done some really interesting things with the character as well
1: yeah
2: Um, because i mean that 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 also led up into the ends of the earth stuff if i remember yeah obviously um obviously the superior spider-man stuff uh the peter parker industry stuff um he's really taken peter parker in a lot of kind of weird places and i think what's special about this run about superior spider-man is this is i think one of the bigger shakeups of the character but he does it in a way that's not dishonest to the character by yeah. kind of by kind of changing who is technically in the driver's seat right but we're still yeah. really kind of exploring what it means to be spider-man and from a different perspective point of view
1: yeah i love that we get you know he does all these things and he doesn't know exactly why and he's like oh he called the he called for backup before he even got to this fight why did i never think about that and he you know he's like you've you've got to go stop this mugging and he's like no no time and he's you know Superior Spider-Man Otto Octavius realizes that you know Spider-Man has to focus on the big picture and not get caught up on saving everyone because you just can't do it and so he's you know taking the time to you know take Mary Jane out to dinner even though he knows in 10 minutes he has to go stop a robbery or something. He know, you know, he's set up this trap for the Superior Six, and he's, you know, spent all day doing that, and he's, you know, called the press and all this stuff, and he's like, ah, I, I can take some time. I've already made my preparations, so a much better organized and methodical Spider-Man. Um, really puts into perspective, like, you know, all the things Spider-Man can do, and, and, you know, I don't know, like we, like you miss, you miss the kind of screw up Peter, Peter Parker, but also. You know, you're, it's it is an interesting take, and it you know it's, yeah. You know, there's only so many times you can say with great power comes great responsibility. So this is a way to shake things up. Yeah,
2: which which she does try to tell him that, and I thought that mm-hmm. was that was a little funny.
0: It's also interesting that this story gives us kind of an insight into Doc Ock as a character. Oh yeah, like into more of his background. Like he freaks out when he finds out the Vulture is using kids as minions um, because the. You know, he assumes that they're little people, that it's a gimmick. And so he smacks one of them, and it's a kid. And as a kid, uh, Otto was beaten, apparently. And so he gets, like, this sort of PTSD rage mode on PTSD rage mode um, where he just, like, beats the crap out of the vulture because the vulture made him hit a kid. Which is a little bit of projection, which fits for, you know, Doc Ock. Because if that had been Peter Parker... Who hit the kid, he would have just felt so guilty, right? Because that's what Parker does. Yeah. Yeah. So it is just interesting to get these, like, glimpses into the personality of Otto Octavius while also getting these sort of, like, compare and contrast moments between, you know, the superior Spider Man would do and what Peter Parker would do.
2: I, I really want to focus on, you know, the five issues that we read. But, but I guess this is as a super quick note <laughs> that becomes a bigger. Element as the story continues as well, the especially kind of the whole idea of each of them accessing the others like memories, uh, which on another note I think it is hilarious that. <laughs> Otto octavius has to uh has to say that he's accessing memories <laughs> yeah <laughs> whenever he's yeah. digging into and parker's the, the
1: way that he's drawn you know it looks like peter parker but the way that he stands and the way that he wears his lab coat and his goggles when he's working is just like he's a villain yeah How it's really no one see it's, it it's really he's good posing. it's really good like character acting yeah yeah so like in so many ways like they're uh, yeah it's so funny that like people don't notice except carly you know like mj doesn't notice it's oh it's so good so i like ryan stigman a lot uh, who does the majority of this i believe
2: i i like stigman but i don't i don't think he's in my top five spidey artists nothing against them but
1: crowded field it is it is though yeah yeah yeah.
2: Yeah. uh Giuseppe camoncali is probably like a really good second uh for my opinion I,
1: i like I like his a lot, too. Um, mm-hmm. partic- like, he, the way that he, um, like, the suit is very neat in his issues. Like you get kind of, the like, the little segmented eyes kind of, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, how he has the uh, eyepieces on the suit.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're trying to say, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's pretty dang good. Um, I don't, do I have any, any, like, negatives to say? I mean, I think Otto Octavius uses some less than sensitive terminology to refer to uh, Anna Marconi because yeah but like other than that that's
2: i don't think he refers to her negatively i think she's the one who calls herself a little person no that's that's the preferred
0: oh no 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 he's it's when he's talking about the vultures minions i think he says the word midget. oh yeah yeah oh. it does yeah, yeah 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 i think so but like that's not obviously yeah. like gonna derail the whole book
2: yeah i think i think there are some things that like i know i know when the book came out there was a there was a bit of controversy spe- especially around the mary jane cover on the second issue and the whole oh, premise yeah. um a lot of people were like yeah that's kind of that's kind of grody right and obviously he's like a villain so like i feel like there's leeway for a character being it's, grody it's
0: grody on purpose
2: yeah and yeah right. that is like uncomfortable and the whole idea of him just kind of watching parker's memories like a you know like a dirty movie at a motel is kind of gross
0: it's invasive yeah it's, it's gross it's, invasive. it's one of those aspects of of like body swap storytelling that you kind of don't think about yeah uh, <laughs> unless you worked for Cracked.com or something right yeah. yeah
2: and yeah that also comes up again later but to like a much bigger extent and i think the criticism the book got around that part of it is a little bit more earned than this i think this was on purpose and this it it did what it was set out to do is it gross yes i think but other than that you know it's
1: he he is a villain yeah he's he's yeah i mean it's It's like he's a villain dude from the 60s i presume (laughs) <laughs> yeah, With the worst haircut in comics. Uh, that's a challenge. Can you guys find me a worse haircut than Otto Octavius's bowl cut? Crystal's weird hair thing? I no, mean, that's not worse. L- uh, Longshot. Did Longshot have a mullet?
0: <laughs> Longshot had a mullet.
1: All right. All right. I don't think but that's worse to... than this, though.
0: I actually it's... do think the bowl cut is worse than the mullet. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. 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 Okay. What about Strong Guy's
1: weird little hair tale? <laughs> It's so dumb, but it's just <laughs> kind of the only interesting thing about him.
0: It is kind of perfect for the character. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I just Googled worst haircuts in comics and somebody pulled up Mohawk Storm. And I'm mad now. How
1: dare they? Mohawk Storm is the best storm.
0: Uh, Yes. Yes. Yes, she is.
1: Dang it. Now I want to watch this 92 series. I don't care that it's not going to hold up and not going to be like, you know, as perfect as it was in my memory. I just want to watch it. Oh,
0: it wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like, like the the original series wasn't good nostalgia makes it good yeah yeah
1: Ugh. and I get mad I get mad thinking about like adaptations of X-Men because Angela Bassett was supposed to be Storm for a long time instead we got what? Halle Berry how good would have Angela Bassett been as Storm it would have been amazing but we got I Halle think
0: Halle Berry. Berry gets too much hate like she's fine she's not great she's fine no she's but bad yeah. <laughs> she's you know, bad some of it some of it, like I don't know who could have saved the, the, the third movie What Nobody. happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning line. No. Like that line is just not good. I love
1: that line.
0: You are wrong. No,
1: <laughs> I think you could have shot it where it's not obvious that she's like being pulled up. And like when she stops flying up, she kind of bounces a little bit. Cause she's on a rope, you know, like it's, it's kind of like, let's, let's actually put some effort into
0: that's not her fault.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, she's not great.
2: She's fine. Jessica Alba's fine. They're all fine. Anyways, so...
0: <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, uh, I think what we're deciding is Doc Ock has the worst haircut in comics.
2: Sure. Thank you.
0: I'm I'm flipping through the issue where he's uh, trying to date Mary Jane and just freaking so of the facial expressions that Peter Parker gets drawn with. Yeah. You know, with, with Doc Ock inhabiting his body that just like don't fit. But they're perfect because yeah. they just show off how ridiculous Doc Ock is being. The acting in this is really good. <laughs> really good. Yeah.
2: I don't this this is why I hate about having a really good book, is I feel like we don't we don't have much to uh to really discuss about it.
0: Issue two page number six is a hoot. What? That's the that's the uh Watson dating trials. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, where it breaks down all of his attempts. Oh yeah, that he doesn't get the conclusive music. like results, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I like that he just doesn't get any music. I don't have anything else to add other than, you know, this is a good book. I I it definitely gets a lot better. I don't not to say that this is a weak story. It's not the best part of this book. It's
0: incomplete. It is. It really is. This is a lot of setup. Like, yeah. I think I think this is um in a way our new Hawkeye in the sense that this is I think the book that we need to be going out of our way to like read little snippets of as we go along so that eventually we can rank the whole thing yeah yeah no like i we agree talked about that with other ones but this is one that i actually think we should kind of try to get through
2: i i am in yeah. agreement with that i think yeah.
1: it's definitely i think it's worthy of that it's it's so good i'm, I'm mm-hmm. excited for Stephen for you to get to read the whole thing because it's really good start to finish so is
2: it is it in this book or i guess this series john or like i can't remember but when the goblin looks at peter parker and he's or he looks at spider-man and he's like it's you yes or is that later it is in this okay i know that
0: bit i haven't yeah. read it but i know that that's there
2: that's one of my favorite bits especially because like this whole yeah, thing it, leads it's over something the like goblin. uh
0: peter parker takes over his body again and makes fun of the goblin for wearing a man purse yeah or something like that and uh-huh.
2: the face he makes and he's like it's you like he knows <laughs> <laughs> it's so great it's so great
1: who else would know you know peter parker in the yeah uh, there's some,
2: there's some really good foreboding in this or i guess i don't know is it sh- foreshadowing yeah there's some really good foreshadowing in this book i think especially like towards the end of the book where we get a little bit with uh with the vulture kids who are looking for I, I guess they're looking for somebody else to lead them right and the goblin kind of shows up and,
0: and... uh-huh oh yeah that happened
1: uh-huh. yeah that
0: was in this that the goblin shows up yeah yeah i think sh- i read
1: he... i think i read one too many because the so. uh it's uh, it's a page turner. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah, and, and it yeah, ends. I and, what uh, happens, and I was anxious to yeah. Yeah,
2: and, and the goblin mentions that you know, if anybody knows how to take down Spider Man, it's him, which I think that sets up a really good thing because I think we get a couple encounters between the two, and obviously the first one is he's you know, as we'll see eventually, if I remember correctly, he's thrown off by how different the superior is. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I also. I don't know that we'll be reading it, but also Superior Foes of Spider-Man was a really good spinoff as well.
0: Yes, um, I've actually yeah. read that one. It has nothing to do with this yeah. other than the title. It's,
1: mm-hmm. it's, now, the Superior Foes, is it the Sinister Six lineup that we get in this? It is, is it same, I believe, okay. the same Sinister Six lineup, so... We didn't read that for this, co- this podcast, did we?
0: No, we did not. Um, I have read it.
1: I forget in what context I read it then, because I, I read it.
2: I've read something. a couple issues of it. I haven't finished it. I don't know how long it is. It's
1: I do like that all in all, Oh, I believe. Oh, I think we should read that. I do like that he... Takes the uh, the robot member of the Sinister Six and repurposes him to serve drinks in his lab oh, yeah. and mop things up, so he can be like useless dolt. He can you know have someone to yell at. <laughs> Typical mad scientist. I also so.
2: like that. I uh, <laughs> also like that little conversation he has with Max. Uh, well, there's several of them, but specifically the one where Max goes where he's about to present him with like the the augmented legs, and <laughs> and he's like I'm not. He's like I'm the head of the company. I'm not used to being summoned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't have anything else to add. I think I think we're probably good to move on to yeah. to that
0: same of the yeah. book.
2: I could gush about this, but honestly, most of the stuff I have to gush about this book specifically is not in the issues that we read.
1: Yeah. Right. This will be this is a tentative ranking we'll have for later replacement, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. So all I'm going to say is uh, don't expect it to be as high as you were Hannah uh, Hope and John. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Whatever.
0: Maybe eventually we will get there, but for now Let's move on to this Daredevil story. So we read uh, Daredevil issues number uh, 254 through 260, I believe. Uh, this is the introduction of the character Typhoid Mary. So uh, writer here is Anne Nacenti. Uh, pencils are by John Romita Jr. Inks by Al Williamson. Letters by Joe Rosen. And by Max Shield. Kind of an abrupt introduction. It's like page one, issue one, we got this full page splash of typhoid Mary jumping towards the camera with her twin swords. Mary's got kind of a chip on her shoulder when it comes to abusive men. She goes around and, and like beats men up and kills men and she apparently has... This super seduction power, so she seduces this one guy to be her crony for the rest of the book. Um, She eventually gets hired by the Kingpin, who is looking for a way to take out Matt Murdock. And he uh, tells her that he wants her to break his heart. Not to kill him, but to break his heart. And so uh, Typhoid Mary kind of adopts this guy's as a uh, basically like a caseworker for a blind child that Matt Murdock is representing in court and uses that to kind of sneak into Matt's life. Matt is currently dating Karen Page, who has recently, if if I my memory serves, recently Karen Page has been rescued from a career in the porn industry that she was in kind of unwillingly to serve her drug addiction. She's now clean. She's got her life back together, and she and Murdoch are living together and having a good time, but now Murdoch starts cheating on her with Mary. Additional intrigue comes in when we learn that Mary actually has multiple personalities. She's got an evil personality that is Typhoid Mary, who is in fact a supervillain, who has a uh, low-level telekinesis and pyrokinesis, as well as this sort of like brainwashing ability to make people fall in love with her. And then as Mary, which is the, the form that she kind of meets Murdoch in, she doesn't have superpowers. She's just kind of a normal person. Through these manipulations, Daredevil kind of gets run through the ringer. The whole thing ends with, and we could talk about more of the stuff in the middle because a lot of stuff happens here, including there's one issue in there that's like a fill-in issue that we can basically just skip. because Oh, good, because I no did. <laughs> I yeah, like skimmed no through and I was like, it. nope. It's nope. a different creative team. No big deal.
2: Is it the one where Daredevil fights a PTSD furry? Oh yeah. my gosh. Yes. Okay. That's That's the Vietnam one.
0: War survivor for uh kid who got kicked out of a helicopter It's kind of a messed up story. It is. Anyway, skipping that issue, the whole thing ends with uh Typhoid Mary arranging for Daredevil to go through this gauntlet where he gets the crap kicked out of him by a bunch of his old villains, and it kind of ends with Daredevil getting like thrown off a bridge and disappearing and is presumed dead and it feels like the story should go on from there and it does but we're talking you know 80s comics here so it goes on into inferno the x-men event <laughs> um, so we're we're Calling this kind of good as the end, knowing that it leads into other stuff. Just as there are some like plot threads that are pulling in, like at the beginning of this story from earlier stuff, there's this big court case between uh, Daredevil, or excuse me, Matt Murdock acting by proxy through another attorney against Foggy Nelson, who is representing the company that Wilson Fisk owns, but he doesn't know that Fisk owns it, and it ends with him quitting and storming out on, on Fisk and it's a whole big thing but like that's not really this story. This story is really all the typhoid Mary stuff. I have thoughts. I, I'm going to say that I don't think that this is bad but it is definitely underwhelming from what I was kind of hoping it would be um because I've read a Typhoid Mary story before and I thought it was awkward and kind of uncomfortable all of the the gender politics in it turns out that's actually an aspect of the character Mm -hmm. um coupled with some less than uh ideal portrayals of mental illness coupled with and again I like John Romita Jr not his best work i would say this is this is not great there is some stuff in here that i really like um i i find nacenti's sort of chunky 80s dialogue weirdly endearing i like her willingness to get political some even sometimes i don't really agree with her but i kind of like that she goes there and yeah all in all though i will say not quite what i wanted it to be but what did, what did you guys think
1: I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, yeah! I really liked it, and I thought that it would like not be that great, and that it would be super dated. Um, I think that it is. It stands out as you know one of the better comics of that era we've read. I thought that you know the paneling was good. I thought that the writing was good. The um, art was was fine, you know. Like it, it wasn't um, the very best, but it was still much better than I was expecting. And uh, I'm not always a Ramita fan, so it was it was really like, hey, look at this. This is all right. I like that, uh, you know. Daredevils having lady troubles. I liked the um, the fight between Daredevil and Punisher being narrated from the guy that they're trying to protect, who is a bad guy. Um, and we, you know. We don't have to go through a whole like you know what is law, what is justice, what you know, why can't like how can we stop the bad guys without becoming them, and you know you don't go far enough, you don't go, you go too far, you know we just get this this guy watching this fight and describing like how you know as we see these panels of them just wailing on each other, um, we get it from this this perspective, I thought that um, you know the the comparing Foggy and how he sees the law. How Matt sees the law you know the, I just I liked the writing in this um, I thought that uh, Wilson Fisk was taken in pretty quickly by Typhoid um, but that is kind of her her power and
0: I will inject here just real fast and say that I do like the way that uh, Ramita draws Wilson Fisk oh yeah oh yeah just I, a, I like big chunky sort of monocolored uh, kingpin oh this yeah was, I thought it was good
1: He looks like an igloo He's, yeah, he's awesome. like
0: the wall of, of black suit that he is, and into the Spider Verse. It's a similar effect, uh-huh. I think.
1: Yeah, I do like I do like him into the Spider Verse, though. You know, it's like a yeah, it's like a fridge. It talks like. James Gandolfini.
0: Yeah, and again, I think it's a similar effect here. Uh-huh. Um, artistically, I think it's really good.
1: Um, you know, she's a disturbing villain. She kills a bunch of guys and then, you know, picks a henchman to stick around and, and like, kind of forces him to have sex in the middle of this fire. So that's messed Gross. up. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. you know, we... Uh, Daredevil's, like, hung up on, on trying to train this, this blind kid even though, you know, he doesn't have any kind of powers you know he's trying to train him like stick trained him and he just can't do it so he you know i don't know if he gets as much of a chance to kind of still be there without forcing him to get better before you know mary enters the picture and then he just like gets smitten right away do we do we are we sure that she doesn't like have her powers use her powers as mary like mary is kind of you know almost an innocent party, but, like, how do we explain him being, like, taken in so quickly without some, like, you know, some kind of superpower uh, pulling the strings here?
0: Maybe not consciously. I, I don't think it's it's entirely clear how that all works. Uh-huh. Um, I do think there's some ambiguity there. Uh, and I don't know how this story arc all resolves. There's a chance that like my suspicion is that it's something like Mary uh, realizes what's going on and kind of takes control uh-huh. and, and uses it to kind of force typhoid Mary out of the picture. But I don't know that. That's, that's pure like basing it on how would this story sort of like I- indulging in all of its tropes end, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was, like, that last page we get panels of, you know, her face as he's falling off this bridge slowly, like, you know, and um, I don't know if he, like, hits a tree as he's going down and falls or if he's just falling behind a tree, but, you know, she's, like, shedding a tear as it's as he's going down, and, you know, part of her, you know, really liked him, and, you know, she jokes about, oh, I would have done this one for free, Kingpin, but, you know, she has this connection to him. Um, You know, also living a double life, you know, he's Matt Murdock and Daredevil, she's Typhoid Mary and Mary. I I don't know, I don't know what I was expecting. Um, I, I thought we would get like, yeah, it's Daredevil and you know... Even Bad Daredevil is still Daredevil, you know, but they, I, I really liked it, you know? Like, yeah, there's some, you know, creepy things that uh, are a bit troubling through a modern lens, but, you know, overall, like, I, I was pleasantly surprised. And Aldo is oddly quiet, so I'm gonna get downvoted, I'm sure. I'm gonna get...
2: No, no, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I didn't really have any expectations going into this, other mm. other than Daredevil punching an Irish immigrant cook. <laughs> Because (laughs) there was a real typhoid Mary in like the 1800s. Right. Yeah. 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 The
0: name comes from a historical figure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I I had no idea what to expect other than like actual disease. So like when she meets that her first like henchman, uh, that the one that she forces to have sex in the middle of a fire, Uh and she like scratches him, I was like, oh, was she infecting him? Oh, yeah. Interesting. No, no. She's just she's just marking him. That's just her kink. But uh, other than that, I really did enjoy the book i really like i mean it's a comic book right so obviously a lot of stuff is accelerated i think how quickly and there's powers involved so how quickly daredevil is smitten with mary and, and typhoid and all that stuff was a bit too fast for my opinion i think in a modern book it probably wouldn't be as fast maybe i don't know but i i mean it works i still liked it i really liked a lot of aspects about this i really liked there's a there's a couple things that like stood out to me. One is the the little kid, who they have that little side story where there's a kid who gets sold. So Karen Page kind of uh, goes back into her kind of prostit- uh or porn star career thing, so that they can find some of these kids that have been getting sold to porn people, and they find them and <laughs> and there's like this cute moment after that whole thing happens where where matt murdoch tells a kid he's like hey you know like uh you did something cool and you you know you saved those kids and you know if you were gone i would notice like matt murdoch would notice and it's like oh this is this cute moment." he's like i like matt murdoch matt murdoch's a good dude and then he sees him hugging typhoid mary he's like matt murdoch is a piece of garbage
1: <laughs> <laughs> just no moral compass like like a little paper boy's moral compass. yeah
2: exactly exactly <laughs> Uh.
0: that whole sequence where daredevil teams up with karen page who like uses her contacts in the adult film industry to ferret out this child trafficking ring is like horrifying but also probably i would say that's the highlight of the of this story that bit was fun Mm -hmm. which is a weird thing to say considering the subject matter yeah but it's great to see i love like
2: heroes doing heroic things
0: yeah i love heroes doing heroic things and and specifically in this case heroes working with the people who know their secret identity to save the day yeah it's one of the reasons i like lois lane so much as a character Mm -hmm. because lois does as much as she can to save the day just like superman does and she's just got a very particular skill set that you know it's not as flashy but it's still great like i love lois lane for that reason here karen page got to play lois lane for a bit and it was rad i loved it i i i would I want to see more of heroes teaming up with their S.O.s to, you know, help people and save the day like this. Because yeah. so frequently, the the spouse or the girlfriend or the boyfriend or whatever gets sidelined mm-hmm. to, uh, or to create drama in like yeah. a, the the c plot, uh, which was the big problem when Peter Parker and Mary Jane were married. Mm-hmm. that they couldn't figure out what to do with mary jane you do stuff like this you do stuff like with karen page here and it, it's great oh man i i can rave about that one issue forever but i'm not <laughs> yeah. going to because there's more to the story
2: <laughs> yeah no so i so like that i actually really like the ending of the book i thought i okay so i also really love the john wick formula like just which obviously <laughs> john wick didn't was not the first person to do that clearly but the whole idea of like taking a character and just beating the crap out of them to like a breaking point, is something I think when done well is is really really good point, uh, part of the story, and I think here it as part of the culmination or you know part of the ending the climax here, it really worked at least for me the whole the whole last issue where they uh, Typhoid Mary finally kind of gathers all of the other, you know not major villains i think it's a lot c and d list uh kind of villains
0: i mean they're daredevil's villains other than wilson fisk and bullseye who are daredevil's villains
2: yeah exactly so so she gets a bunch of these and and they beat daredevil you know to hell and back and it's it's really well done right just from the just from the beginning uh you know up to that he gets to that explosion and he gets all confused and they continue to beat the crap out of him and up until like Uh, he's in the alleyway and they beat the crap out of him further and then Typhoid Mary finally kind of shows up and she's the one that kind of throws him into off the bridge or into the river and there's like a moment in there where he's he's hallucinating well I don't know if he's hallucinating exactly but he's having like these visions of his father and he's fighting himself and then he sees a lot of his his villains or kind of failures I guess would be a better way to put it and there's a line in there that I really liked, which is Electra talking to him, and where she mentions that like, why is it that the more dangerous and violent I got, the more you fell in love with me? And oh, I was, yeah. and I was yeah. just like, ooh, that that actually gave me a little bit of chills. Like I was so into it at that point that like that line, I was like, ooh, sold. I was sold like a few issues ago, but I'm sold again. You have sold me the DLC.
1: <laughs> I was no, I was like, holy crap, he's really getting beat up. Like this is actually working. Like he's not like, you know, gonna pull out some like secret reserve of strength to like, you know, c- like no, he's like, he they're they're gonna get him. They're gonna be, They're gonna kill him.
2: Yeah, I yeah. I think I think you know the cynical part of being a comic book reader is you know you know 99 percent of the time that the hero's not actually gonna die. They're gonna pull through. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, but. I think in the moment, I genuinely thought he was he was going to die. I thought they were gonna, yeah. going to pull it off. I was that invested, or like yeah. that cynical part of me shut up for like an hour, and I was so yeah. into it.
1: Yeah, I really. You know, I, it, you know
0: I, what it reminds me of? What's up, Nightfall? I don't know what that
1: is. Is that when Bane breaks his back?
2: Oh, it's the Batman thing. Oh, hey, get okay. Batman yeah. out of it! Hey,
1: hey, hey, hey! Get Batman out of the comic book podcast. This that you mean Marvel the Marvel comic book? book. Okay, yeah. but, like, you can't <laughs> talk Daredevil without
0: talking Batman, weirdly.
1: What are you talking about? Are you saying that street-level heroes that fight at nighttime and have some sort of t- a tie to blindness are uh, all the same? Batman has a <laughs> cape, Steven. Daredevil does not.
0: But specifically, like, a lot of the reason Batman now is the way that he is is because a man named Frank Miller worked on Daredevil... And then went and wrote Batman Year One. Yeah, That's
1: fair. fair. Right? I know. So
0: Daredevil and Batman are kind of linked. And in particular, this story, especially that final issue, feels a lot like the time that Bane released every inmate from Arkham Asylum to run Batman ragged and then... You know, the story ends with Bane lifting Batman up over his head and breaking him over his knee. Oh. <laughs> no. 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 Oh, you've Stop me. It. Stop it. <laughs> you said
1: Bane one too many times, Batman. Stephen. I oh, dear. will be your reckoning. Your podcast <laughs> reckoning. Hey, guys. Bane showed up. Bane's here.
2: Oh, you don't say really. Really? You gotta watch
1: out if you say his name too many times. He shows up unannounced and uninvited. Is that what Bane is now okay? That that Bane's was Bane's one. Bane's. We can't we can't do it two more times. We can't do it. No, you said it twice. You can't say it. No, guys. Seriously. Hey, <laughs> uh, side side note. I totally watched the Beetlejuice cartoon. Did you know there was a Beetlejuice cartoon? I watched yes, it. They did. Yeah, I watched it every day as a kid. It was it was really fun. I'm afraid to go back and watch it cuz what if it's garbage? Cuz I enjoyed it as a kid and like I like that movie but not like a like not it's not like one of my favorites or anything, but that like, cartoon for whatever reason like I watched it all the time. And it was interesting. But don't say his name three times.
2: <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> okay, so I know it was a filler issue and uh, it sounds like you guys probably skipped it. I liked I liked the the PTSD furry. I thought that was a good issue. Yeah, Got to unpack that. I I wish it had a better conclusion.
0: I didn't hate it. It was it was insubstantial.
2: I t- I wish um, it had a better conclusion cuz it feels like it That's what people to- thought about Vietnam. <laughs> I
0: hate it. I hate it so much, but he's not wrong.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm so mad at that. I'm so mad. <laughs> you thought I left.
2: <laughs> All right, hey, guys. Uh, I think I should I should let you know I'm putting my two weeks in. Oh, no. The podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we got to get another episode or two out of here. Uh-huh.
2: Bane is Bane is creating a hostile work environment. Okay, I'm not comfortable with I'm I'm not comfortable with the energy we've created in the studio today.
1: Really, (laughs) really, king of puns. You have a problem with Bane? Yeah, he's the Bane. Me doing me doing a me doing a bad see me doing a bad impression of Doug Benson's impression of Bane of, 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 Jay, of yeah, Tom the Hardy's worst part, Bane the
2: worst part is it sounds like every other impression I've heard of Bane so I didn't even get that it was somebody else's it was an impression of an impression I just thought it was straight up an impression with no middleman impression thanks I guess I uh, sure. I don't think that was a compliment I don't know that it was <laughs> I'm not trying to insult you either so it's just a comment <laughs>
1: Yeah, to, um, comedian Doug Benson is very funny, and he does the the Bane uh, voice in Lego Batman, which is one of my favorite Batman movies. Um, it is quite good. You,
2: you, it's you, very good. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, you sound more like the Bane from the Harley Quinn cartoon.
1: Oh, see, I haven't seen that.
2: Who is a parody of the Dark Knight, uh,
1: yeah. Bane? his voice. He might, might, that might also be Doug Benson. I gotta it look. might be. I don't know. I don't know who Doug Benson is. He, it was like a reoccurring joke. He has a great podcast called Doug Loves Movies, where he does movie. Trivia games with comedians. It, uh, yeah, that's a reoccurring bit was him starting the games off by saying, Let the games begin.
2: It also reminds me <laughs> of the Bane Cat YouTube series. That was actually
1: very funny. <laughs> I love Bane Cat. Oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that in forever. Oh.
0: So, speaking of things that we haven't thought of forever, uh, what do we think about this comic? I mean, we've covered most of it.
2: Okay, for the most part, 90% of Romita's uh, work here liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. I think my only complaint is he does like that weird kind of line on the on the women's cheeks and it makes it look like they have a bit of a of a I don't know, like like they're like they need a like they like they need to eat a cheeseburger or something. Like I don't know how to explain that. that Sickly skinny? You can just they say skinny. Yeah, yeah, the... there you go. They look sunken in. I'm not a fan of that. That but that's really my only like I feel
0: like that's a Kirby affectation, because Jack Kirby does that, and it's actually the one thing of Jack Kirby that I really don't like. Same. But yeah, uh, I feel like I don't don't like Typhoid Mary as a character, frankly. Really? Yeah. So the other bit of pop culture that this story made me think of is that episode of the Powerpuff Girls, where they fight a villain who is a feminist-themed villain who says all men are evil- And steals all the Susan B. Anthony coins from Townsville. (laughs) And it's this very moralistic uh, take on, you know, feminism is good, but we don't actually need too much feminism because that leads to man-hating. And uh, it's very, very, very cringy. But I get similar vibes. From Typhoid Mary, cause she's very much all men are evil. I hate men, and I will use these men and twist them around my finger, cause men only want one thing, and it's a very shallow criticism of gender politics. Not an unwarranted one, just very shallow. And it bothers me because I, I feel like there's more that can be done. And again, Nocenti is someone who like is not shy with her politics. That final fight between daredevil and all of his his rogues gallery takes place at a march for peace that um during which superheroes are compared directly to atomic weapons and then the march for peace collides with a march for patriotism and it leads to a bunch of tension and so it's like they're very on the nose with what they're doing right yeah and that level of on the nosedness works really well i think with some of these parallels, but again, with Typhoid Mary herself and her stance towards men, it just feels very superficial. Yeah, fair. I think I don't know that I,
1: necessarily...
2: <laughs> I, I. I listen. I don't have a strong enough opinion to agree or disagree, so
1: I'm just gonna say fair. Oh, I was just James Adomian played Bane on the Harley Quinn. Oh my gosh! <laughs> 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 Thanks for being a part of the conversation. <laughs>
0: What happened to the garbage strike?
1: Yeah, what happened to the garbage strike? I thought it was going to turn out to be Kingpin. interesting. I thought it was (laughs) going to be Kingpin being like, good luck trying to find me, Daredevil. You can't sniff me out if everything stinks, you know? Like, I thought it was like Kingpin wanted to mask his crime, you know.
2: (laughs) No, I think he's just made money, I think.
0: I believe it's an interesting sort of municipal issue um, that would have made for an interesting backdrop to some of the superhero action. And it goes nowhere after the first couple of issues, it just doesn't get mentioned.
1: again. Maybe it was mirroring like real life events at the time. Cause this was back Maybe. in the day when like times square was like a dangerous place to be and not Disney world, you know? Right.
2: It comes up a little bit later, not as prominently as it does in the beginning, but during the fight, Like, the big everybody's beating the crap out of Daredevil fight. If I remember correctly, like, that garbage comes into play, right? Like, he throws garbage at other people and stuff like that. So it kind of takes some sort of effect there. I don't think that's the grand culmination of that side plot. I think that might culminate further down. We don't know.
0: It's probably part of the Inferno tie-in. Probably. Like, the garbage comes to life and marries Kitty (laughs) Pryde or something.
2: (laughs) I keep forgetting that that Inferno stuff is
0: thing dude inferno's so weird i hope we get to read it one day yeah (laughs) i really like inferno i will say
2: i I did do some research on typhoid mary and it's not a character i knew about every time i've heard of typhoid mary it's literally always been the the 1800s cook
0: (laughs) yeah the historical figure yeah
2: the historical figure (laughs) but I guess I guess Taifun Mary's still around and still doing stuff, and she was recently part of like a thing where she was called Mutant Zero, and there's a bunch of stuff. and yeah. I guess there's more personalities.
1: I think wasn't she? Wasn't there a version of her in one of the shows that what they've had?
2: Yeah, she's an Iron Fist.
1: Oh, hey, seriously? Never mind. Yeah, she was an Iron Fist. <laughs> she's portrayed by Alice Eve. I do not care anymore at all. I oh. I- Exciting. Who's Alice Eve? She's in Star Trek, I think. Is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah.
2: She's the doctor that is in
1: her underwear for, like, a oh, scene. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. That movie's bad.
1: Yep. Now, the first one is fine. Uh eh. that second one no, was... No, the first
0: one is also bad. Yeah. What? The Star Trek are you one of the, are not bad are you one
1: of those? Are you one of those whales, people? movie is actually very entertaining we shouldn't mess yeah that with...
0: movie is super fun
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's stupid but once you get over the fact that like they took a spaceship back in time to save some whales it's fun so but i liked i like 2009 star trek what's your, what's your deal what's, well what's
2: you, so here's the thing you like star wars movies because those were not star trek movies
1: you know the onion did a really funny thing where they like interviewed fake fan like you know people dressed up in klingon outfits and they were like <laughs> Why if I wanted action movies, I'd go watch sport. Or if I wanted action in my Star Wars movie or Star Trek movies, I'd go watch sports. And it was like where was the sitting around tables debating the ethics of exploring space and where was the boring scenes of blah 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 and then like that's really people's arguments. It's not like it stopped being a parody very quickly. It was I, not like I, I,
2: listen, we're not we're not a Star Trek podcast, but all I'm gonna say is Well, we're not a Batman right, the, podcast, <laughs> but here we are <laughs> The
1: Star Trek
2: the Star, the the JJ Abrams star trek movies were just jj abrams like audition to be a star wars director and that's how they feel to me
1: well it i mean it worked i don't know how effectively you've ever done something unfortunately I'm, it worked <sighs> and that makes them yeah. even worse i thought i forgot about <laughs> rise of skywalker and i'm now i'm mad again and the force awakens <laughs> you will rue the day
0: are we ready to rank
1: please
2: i'm ready to stink <laughs> oh, oh.
0: I don't what know what that really
2: means. I think I think I've been listening to too much uh,
0: Outcast. You
2: think so? Yeah, stinkonia. No such
0: thing. No <laughs> such thing. Oh man, Outcast is so good. Okay, they are. so currently on our list, uh, we have a lot of stories. 169. <laughs> noise. Uh, okay, now that that's out of the way. Super
2: noise. Uh, <laughs> noise. I have been waiting all podcasts for you to say that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he knew he knew (laughs) he knew (laughs) the episode count has defeated you steven
0: (laughs) so we have a lot of spider-man stories in our like top 20 uh number 15 is spider-man life story i don't think what we have right now from superior spider-man goes this high. no like I think it goes somewhere, and I don't remember exactly where it is, it goes somewhere in the range of the Jane Foster Thor story that we read. Not because it's bad, and not because that's bad, but because both of them are very clearly, you know, the start of something greater. And so until we have the full thing in context, I don't think we can put this up super high.
2: I okay, so that is like number 54.
0: It doesn't have to go that low, it can go higher than that. Yeah,
2: that's what I was gonna say. Is I was thinking somewhere probably around Dr. Afra, maybe even around. I have a hard time comparing it to Forever forever was also serving double duty as like not just a celebration but also like the beginning of a new story and i don't feel like this is necessarily yeah. celebrating not really yeah that's this yeah this whole area is kind of filled with like a bunch of beginnings
0: right yeah and so if we ever get around to finishing any of these this area of the list is going to look very different because i think we'll consolidate a bunch what's
1: your ceiling on this
0: what's my ceiling on this um my ceiling is probably squirrel power mm. although I might have a different ceiling so Ceilings can break. Uh, sometimes they are made of glass.
1: <laughs> Save that kind of commentary for the, the Typhoid Mary ranking.
2: I'm I'm gonna kick your glass. Um That was my best can't kill impersonation, and I'm sorry you guys had to <laughs> hear that. Bang <Sing> it Bobby <laughs> you know, I'd have to agree. I think around squirrel power is probably my ceiling here. I I just especially know okay, so like it's not that this is bad. It's just that as as a standalone story, it does a good job at hooking you. But like knowing what comes later, this is not even the best. There's not, nothing that happens in here is the best thing that happens in here.
1: I'd still put it up like I'd still put it high. Like I'd put it under Dark Phoenix no. 24. Just just, you know, even though it's only a partial story, it's still I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of the whole thing.
2: You're thinking of the whole thing, I feel like. I, I'm having that problem. I think if I'm only thinking of what I read, you know, this this last week, those five issues, well, I had to stop myself. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I also made that mistake during Strange Academy where I read ahead. And then, like, when I was doing the, the <laughs> summary, I, I John summarized.
1: <laughs> now, let's not make this a thing. Being thorough and trying to do Damn. one's job well
0: but uh if i
2: if i think of this like my seal, my absolute ceiling is what if magic became sorcerer supreme
0: what number is that that's 35, 35. so here's here's the way that i'm looking at it if you have to read like one spider-man story you're not gonna recommend the first volume not of at superior all. spider-man right And we have other Spider-Man stories in between there that you would recommend first. Like, that's the thing that I think, well, okay, hold on. Do we have them in between there? I just realized, what if magic is not actually that much higher than squirrel power?
2: Okay, but also, so, like, I would put it maybe around the top of, like, that section, which I think would be that. But that's because we have, like, the, the, the beginning of Unstoppable Wasp. We have the beginning of Squirrel Girl, the beginning of Strange Academy, the beginning of Black Widow the beginning of Astonishing, the beginning of Shuri.
0: (laughs) But also, like, a lot of these beginnings of are complete stories in their own right.
2: Yeah, like, Unstoppable Wasp did feel...
0: Like, that Unstoppable Wasp was a complete story, start, stop. You know, that was the whole thing. Squirrel Power as well, because it was all about the Galactus thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Strange Academy, you can make a case for it being part of another thing, but it also ended with Doyle Dormammu like dying and that's a good cliffhanger sort of ending for the initial story arc yeah yeah so this is very clearly like i think if we were being really technical this was three or four different stories right but we know that this is an arc for like a larger thing
2: also also now that you mentioned that uh my new ceiling is strange academy just because of doyle dormammu
0: doyle dormammu is
1: so good (laughs) doyle
0: (laughs) his name is doyle dormammu
1: I still think it deserves to be higher, even piecemeal as it is, but.
2: (sighs) John, you know nobody on this podcast loves Spider-Man as much as I do.
0: I know. (laughs) And there's a good chance that this will wind up going higher when we rank the whole thing together. Oh yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you betcha. I think
0: that's likely. This on its own, I'm actually kind of hurting to put it above Brothers and Sisters, but I think we can put it at 44 between brothers and sisters and Strange Academy first class and be okay.
1: Oh yeah, that was the Shang
2: Chi thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that was the Shang Chi thing.
1: That was fine, but not. Uh, just gonna, I'm just gonna try to vote for better representatives next time, so democracy will work for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, so
2: so I think putting it above the Shang Chi book.
1: Yeah,
0: and it doesn't matter what John thinks because we outvoted him. So okay.
1: You mother.
0: <laughs> mother flipping. No, I'm the father. <laughs> <laughs>
1: baby boy call me back when you have two at the same time (laughs) oh the nights i've not slept oh if i had a cigarette this is where i'd be taking a long drag oh steven it is just the beginning oh gosh
0: so uh our new number 43 is my own worst enemy the first story arc in the uh superior spider-man story now let's rank typhoid
1: well obviously it's not that high
0: yeah, I'm pleased you guys liked it more than I thought you were going to. I don't think it goes super high. I'm definitely looking in, like, the 80s range.
2: Oh, okay, good. Me too. Uh,
0: potentially a little lower, potentially a little higher. This area gets really, really muddy for me.
2: My my gut reaction was to put it above War at the Gates of Hell. Okay.
0: And I don't think it goes above the Star Wars A New Hope manga.
2: Yeah, that's a pretty good ceiling. How do you feel, John? Oh, like it matters. <laughs>
0: It could. We're early into the race. Your opinion
2: could matter right now.
0: <laughs> I think Aldo was a sweet. I liked it.
1: Too. I'm looking towards the top of that. Like it even matters. <laughs> <laughs> I am a flyover state with very few electoral votes. Who cares what
2: I think? John, so you is. you and I were were of pretty same mind on this book. I feel so. I feel we like... are not so different. You and I. <laughs> So you brought Bane in here. I was totally on the John train.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. You can't defeat me. I forget, guys. P- Project Galsimium. B- Galsimium. B- <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. What, I, that was not that long ago. I don't remember what that was. That's. uh Shang-Chi
0: fought a scientist who turned people into trees.
1: Oh well, why didn't we name it the scientist to name to turned people into trees? Jeez, <laughs> that rolls off the tongue. That's so easy to say. Project galsimian You know it? No, that doesn't mean a thing. We we, <laughs> we should call it the pro. We should call it the scientist to turn people into trees. That'll put butts in seats. That'll get people to read books. You gotta name it what it is. You gotta. Your audience is stupid and has a short memory. You gotta call it the scientist turns people into trees. No one's lining up around the block for Project Gil Simeon. So I want it to go higher than that.
2: Listen, it's a better name than Shang-Chi Infinity Comic. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, not much.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Like, okay, so, John, if you wanted to go above that, I actually think that might be the spot for it. Yeah,
1: because Marvel Comics 1000 was... That was a big thing. That was a big It was deal. a big
0: thing. It was a mixed bag, but some of those those one-page stories... Like, I still think about the Saladin op-ed story about the thing. Uh-huh. Where the thing is like, why do I keep doing it? And he breaks his chair in the middle of the interview, but he keeps talking about how it's his job to get up and help people. And as long as people need help, he's going to keep getting up and doing it. Yeah. Sorry about breaking the chair. Yeah. I freaking love that story. And so I'm okay with putting it at number 82, Although you got a really strong argument to drop it beneath there. No. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well.
0: Project Galcinium and Marvel Comics 1000 is Typhoid.
1: The system works. (laughs) (laughs) The triumvirate has spoken.
0: This episode's going to come out right after Thanksgiving, which means our next episode is our last episode before Christmas. So we're going to do a holiday special. As we have done the last several years that we've done this, we're going to read a bunch of one issue christmas stories and two of them are called silent night
1: moon night punisher
2: the night isn't the only thing that's silent so is the k in one of
0: those oh such a stretch so... <laughs> no it's not it's a silent knight <laughs>
2: In the notebook uh, book.
1: I would not be surprised to hear that Aldo is like a yoga master with all the stretches that he makes.
2: I wish. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I,
1: I, I leaned over the
2: other day, like, just, like, out of my bed to reach for something on the ground. I was in pain for 20
0: minutes. Yep. Welcome <laughs> to your
1: 30s. Everything's broken. <laughs> yeah.
0: So... Yeah, we're going to start with Moon Knight, Silent Night, which is a single issue. It's like a one-shot holiday special from 2008. And then we've got a one-shot holiday special from 2005 starring The Punisher, called The Punisher, Silent Night. And then we couldn't find a third story called Silent Night, but we did find one called Winter Kills, which is a Winter Soldier one-shot that is, I believe, either a tie-in to or a spin-off from Civil War. I have read it. I don't remember it. So we'll see how that goes. Because, you know, Civil War, I have feelings.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we know. There's so many good things that are based on Civil War or that came out of Civil War. Like yep. the Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 game.
1: I never played that one.
2: It's good.
1: Is that one? I think I played. Was that on the Xbox? Like a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. And you, it's it's like a role playing game. Like you can pick your team, and you can up, like you can level mm-hmm. up everybody with different ability. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, like a little dungeon crawling
2: game, and like on the, yeah. on, the on the Civil War one specifically, the story like you can uh, you can do joint attacks. I think it's fun to play, like, when you have friends, but it also takes away the biggest gimmick of the game, which is being able to switch heroes.
1: Yeah, which is cool. Isn't that where the Iron Man shooting Cap's shield and like, that move comes from? Like, I don't was know if a that's a move in the game. Use it. I, I don't know if they, it originated
2: there, but, uh... Yeah, yeah, that's certainly, I I think, where it got peak popularity.
0: Maybe I should get one. Like, I've been really wanting to play, like, a Diablo-type game. Mm-hmm. Uh, But not Diablo, because Blizzard is awful. Yeah. And um, Marvel, Marvel Ultimate, Ultimate Alliance, Alliance 3
2: on the Switch.
0: Might be a good choice there. Yeah.
2: They also have, like, X-Men Fantastic Four and uh, Midnight Suns DLC.
0: Huh. I'm kind of mad that the X-Men are DLC. No, well, not
2: all of them. Like, ha- like there's a good well, amount I of mean, them.
0: Well, I mean, Wolverine's the- on the freaking cover. Yeah, yeah. Of course f- he freaking is. A
2: few of them are in there. But, like, if you were like, man, I sure could use some more X-Men... There's the DLC
0: for you. I might I might have to pick this up. I yeah, um I liked it. It was fine. I remember okay, I had the first one. Um and I remember every time Captain America would level up, I was really into Captain America at the time. Every time Captain America leveled up, he'd say stronger than the super soldier serum and I hated Captain America a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>